And we get it started up one more time. I got the number down right here, I'm looking at it. I couldn't believe she would do me like that, B. I just don't understand it, dog. I can't understand it. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, I wanna welcome y'all back to the Mental Show. Thank y'all for tuning in. Y'all can be watching a lot of other stations. Y'all tuning us right now. And it feels so beautiful. Performing in blackface tonight. All right, let's get it going. What's up, YouTube world? What up, what up? It's another episode of In the Building or Outside the Building with Rook. You <laughs> <laughs> look yeah. like you're about to spray paint something on the federal building or something. I know, man. It's, this, I, I still can't get used to this mask wearing, but... It is what it is. Got to be safe out here. I know I look like I'm about to rob somebody. I feel like it, too. I'm in the dark. <laughs> it must be a trip, man. I, you know, I, I, I just got, like, I was wearing one for a while that just, it felt like I had the sleeper hold on me the whole, all the time when I was wearing it. Yeah. yeah. It, it, it was, it was just rough. It was, you know, my mind. Babe, you may have to mute yourself, man. <laughs> For a second. You to mute yourself. Uh thank you. Uh but yeah, there was uh yeah, that the, the mask was just so damn thick. And yeah. it was, you know, my mom got it from some lady at work. You know, there's always some lady at work that your mama know who, who makes something and and you and she gotta support it. <laughs> but uh it sounded like it was crochet or something. <laughs> it might as well be, man. It might have. It might. It, it might as well have been a, a damn. Uh, yeah, whatever crochet is, like a that white wool fabric or something. Right, right. Like a scarf. <laughs> like a scarf. Like okay. I was struggling in that mug, man. I, but I got. I bought some. I bought some ones recently though. That's much better. I I, I had to go brand name brand. Uh, was it? What's, what's these things? <laughs> <laughs> I got them at a name brand, but I got them at Ross. Yeah. So go. Oh yeah, Perry Ellis. Yeah, these are high class. Perry Ellis. <laughs> Unmute yourself, Dave. <laughs> yeah, you see, I'm stunting with the Perry Ellis mask, man. But they they nice though. They got nice little fabric. I don't know if they protected me worth a damn, but I could breathe well. Man. You got some nice plaid tartan masks. <laughs> Madras print. <laughs> no, they just plain prints. But yeah, I, I would like to see how fashionable these things go. Like, uh, I'm like, I, I know somebody gonna come out with some OD fashionable masks. Like Virgil's gonna come out with one that costs fifteen hundred dollars in a couple weeks. <sighs> And he's gonna give like fifty cents of every one sold to some black program. Uh, there goes Rook. It'll, it'll probably be the won't be the last time. It'll probably leave us today. Ghost. Ghost. We'll see what we'll see how that goes. He had to. I say you want to do the show now, so we did the show. We doing the show now. But uh, though, until he comes back, let's see. Uh, I don't know what's up with you, Dave. Oh, living my best life, man. Living my best life. <laughs> it's quite good. it's quite it's quite small. It, it, I don't know. We got issues with like the the what is it called? The smog index. 
So it'd be days they don't want me to go outside. But I get yeah. Get my, <laughs> yeah well, I said, have, have you been able to go outside? I can go outside. I got to get my bike on. And then on top of that, then I also do a little bit of grocery shopping, which is why I was a few minutes late today. Um, because, okay, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, still got to get out. Still got to make moves. Yeah. I feel you, man. I. I, I was yeah. I, I know that air quality stuff is a trip out there. You know it. It, it ain't looking like Blade Runner around your way, is it? Like it's the same frame. No, 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 no. Fortunately, no, no. Luckily not. And I was just in uh, Oakland uh, Labor Day weekend, so I just missed it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that was crazy. That whole that whole ugh, that Blade Runner thing, boy. <laughs> Man, it is. I yeah, I don't know, man. That's see, I, the, the bay is. Uh, I mean, we I think we spoke about it on the last show, but the bay is kind of like a dystopian future without the poor air quality right now. <laughs> it's already set up. Huh? It's already set up. Yeah, I mean, you got like the highest per capita homeless population mm-hmm. probably in the nation in the Bay Area. Yeah, so, yeah. We yeah. all wanna be a hero. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know, man. Like you know, I think you know this is one of the things that we I think we're always gonna do with this show. We're gonna talk about big issues, but just add our, our unique voices to them. And sometimes that may mean some inappropriate joking, but you know, we that's just how we get there. We just trying to relate to things, and you know, and this is how we typically talk with each other anyway. So. We ain't going to fake the funk on that. But, you know, this week, though, I, I kind of wanted to get into some important but not important stuff. Maybe, I guess, you could it's variables in some way. But, um, you know, this is this is like the first week. Um, and maybe it may be one of the only weeks where I had the title for the show before we even did the show. Hmm. If you could see on YouTube, it says... Uh, episode five, the greatest, I think, what the greatest colored show on earth, or something like that. <laughs> oh, the biggest, that what, that's what you went with <laughs> the biggest colored show on earth, yeah. <laughs> but uh, that's, that's an explicit reference to uh, Little Brothers, the minstrel show album, right? Which One. is you know, which I want to talk about because it's, it's celebrated its 15th anniversary in between our last show and this, and, uh, this show that we're doing now. So I just wanted to get into that. And, um, you know, it's, 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 it's a significant album in many ways, but, you know, I want to, I want to, you know, get you guys jumping on that first. Like, you know, what, what are y'all thoughts about that album? Maybe like going back to where y'all you know, me and Dave, I could we could talk specifically about where we were when that album was out, and uh, what effect it had on us. You know, Rook, we weren't really around you then. So what? You know, I know you. I don't know if you were starting as an artist yet, but you know, what? Where were you at at that time when that album came out, and like what impact, if any, did it have on you back in? Uh-huh. Man, little brother is actually the reason why I don't even watch BET no more. Because uh, uh, yeah, we will. Yes, yes, yeah, yes. Because they had the infamous BET 
like a list of people that were like banned and and little yeah. brother was like at the top with krs1 and a whole bunch of other people they uh said were a little bit too well, political for the no, uh, yeah. audience. It, it, let's 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 all right let's let's just go with that let's go with that dude like what happened apparently like yeah like rookie said there was a list and a I remember I remember seeing the list and like KRS one, like you said, uh uh Dayla was on there. Yeah, they had they had they had the uh, grind date album that right. was out and they they made videos and stuff, but they couldn't get them shown on BET. Right. Like Buckshot was on there and stuff like and yeah. now with little brother, little brother made this is like this is whole this is all the context that we have for this album. Little brother was an independent group. They put they put out the listening in 02. It was right. a greatly received album. Got like four, four and a half stars in the source. Mike coming in the source. It caught the ear of Quest Love. Remember? Yeah, Quest, yeah. Right. The first place I heard Little Brother was on okplayer.com, Quest Love's website. Yeah. And um they were, you know, they were on webs, they were on. They were actually on the message boards on OK Player too, especially Fonte. And um, but uh, they they took they took the underground ablaze. They were the next tribe in a lot of ways. The next daylight. The next they were they were carrying on like like as their name said, little brother. They were carrying on specific things that those groups had in the '90s and bringing them into 2000, which. You know, when you look at the first few years of the 2000s, nobody else was really trying to do that. And that's what made them so valuable to a lot of hip-hop heads. Right. So eventually their value gets seen by the majors. They formulate a deal with Atlantic Records. Uh, they announced that they're, you know, as only Little Brother can, are uh, their first major debut album. They announced it as the Minstrel Show. <laughs> and with a cover with them doing menstrual muggings on it, like the whole just the just the best layout of any album. So classic, point, man. So, so classic. And shout out to uh, William Milk, William uh, Milk. Uh, well, yeah, with uh, FM FMWJ is a. Uh, is, a, is the designer of that of that whole album cover and stuff there. And oh, okay, okay. <laughs> Yeah, Frank Frank William Miller Jr. Yeah. He's he's actually uh Rosenberg says his name on the album. And um he's he's a great designer of uh you know <laughs> various things and he did that album cover and that whole layout. But anyway, uh yeah, th this is that you know this this is their opening major label album. <laughs> it's the <Dominic, laughs> you know, they do a video for the for their first single loving it. And loving it, you know, has gone on to be a very, you know, in a lot of ways, you could say a classic record. Yep. But there's a video for it that BET says, nope, we're not showing it. And when you look at the video, you it's stunning to realize that they thought that that video was, quote, too smart for their audience. Yeah. That's why they didn't show it. Videos yeah. up until then got banned because they had like a bare-breasted girl in it, or somebody got yeah, shot. Yeah, yeah, somebody shit. got shot or got their head chopped off. 
BET banned a video because it was too smart. It's, Not it's a new almost, album is dope, so we're going to get into that. But after the minstrel show, like, is it true that BET banned your music because it was too intellectual or whatever and shit? Yeah, they wouldn't play the video. And that's crazy. Like, that wasn't even the video we really wanted to make. You know, that's just the video we ended up making. And, uh, I mean... Do you was, have emails that say that? No, nah, I mean, we got first... Like the label told us And we was like Nah they ain't say that shit But yeah. it was like Nah they said it And then we got confirmation later From somebody that worked in BET That it was said Like It was like Nah that's too intelligent For our audience But the crazy <laughs> thing is Like like We were offended But then at the end of the day I started thinking like Why the fuck are we offended Yeah The audience should be offended They calling y'all motherfucking stupid yeah, Not right? us So <laughs> it, it was one of them things But I mean You know at the end of the day I mean look where they at now They don't even play videos Like Yeah You know what I mean But it, it, it still it was disappointing like yo you people ain't rocking black with you. entertainment television and you won't play our video like you you ended up playing it like a couple times just you know like your hand was forced but yeah I, I that's one one thing I don't regret many things but that's one of the things I regret that the way you know we went about it like you know the, the labels like yo just keep it chill keep but at the end of the day it's like yo y'all didn't help us out none like all of the pool they had at the time that's when ti was there fat joe fabulous juvenile like all of them was so jumping they could have flexed their muscle they could have flexed their muscle and it's like yo y'all let them step on us you know what i mean without doing anything but I, so now i'm like i think it back i'm like yo i should have just was like fuck it i should just went balls to the wall and talk that shit but yeah, yeah. you know i did not I, I played good soldier and that's that's one of the things i regretted playing good soldier hey but it, it, it's a good story now but yeah, it yeah. still don't feel good nah, it's, it's still left a bad taste <laughs> in my mouth <laughs> so Definitely. let's move on so you, you know guys uh, did. uh the planet groove video so all this stuff that you can only see on BET that big up they were you no know, explicit platform for black artists and uh, artists who you know at one point be the at one point MTV wouldn't even put on their network. They would these were the only shows that they were coming on on BET because they weren't because MTV didn't think that they were viable enough for their audience. But they by the time we got to the selling to Viacom, it just didn't it didn't matter. You know because MTV did at one point show black artists, but they, you know, they just used BT as the little side piece to show the stuff that they didn't want to show on MTV. The big black artists they showed on MTV, and then they just re-aired the stuff on. And uh, there goes Rook again. <laughs> that <laughs> that the re they re-aired the stuff on BT that they showed on MTV and VH1, and now it's all conglomerated together, and now they all they all aired the BET Awards live at the same time, all the channels do. And and it's just like, you might as well, because of what VH1 has become with love and hip hop and everything, that's a blacker channel than BET now, when you think about it, you know. But uh, since Rook has stepped away, Dave, you know, yeah, why don't you go into it, man? Like, like I said, me and you, we were, we were, fr we've been, we were friends. We had already been in our friendship by the time this album came out in the late summer of 05. And, uh, you know, yeah, what, what, you know, just letting the audience know, what were you at at this point and what were you think, what were your thoughts in your, uh, you know, I, I think you, you were already like a big knife fan at this point. So, um, well, well yeah, I, I was, it was still probably early for me. 
yeah, yeah. He was yeah. he was starting to get into ninth, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, because for me, probably you know, guy's stepson was the first thing I'd heard when that came out the summer before. But I mean, more yeah. I guess more important to note for me is like what influenced the the Mistral, uh show, which was Bamboozled. And I mean, that yeah. was real, yeah. I mean, and that's Spike Lee's two thousand masterpiece, which essentially was you know, uh, I guess a modern day Mistral show. Um, yeah, that was put on live another TV. work that wasn't appreciated when it was first released. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean that that's probably Spike's best example of satire, um, and just how one is just it was just so um, prescient, being that you know it, that it didn't make sense during that time where Spike was kind of foresaw for what was going on in TV. And you know, it's just it really manifests itself in the decades that have followed. To your yeah. point, the love in hip hop and VH1, yeah. you know, just it kind of really manifested itself further down the line. Um, just in future TV shows that were just more pandering to the lowest common denominator in black television. Um, yeah. so I think that was just really great that they were able to, you know, take that and make it into a tangible form. I think there's very few. It was so brilliant. Yeah, it's very few musical products that have taken a you know taken inspiration from television or film and been able to do it so well. Right, and complete, and and complete from the from like like Kyle said from the the packaging from the uh, 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 the branding. Everything was consistent with with uh, what Dave said. I mean, that was it was just perfect. You know what I'm saying, and then you get to the skits. <laughs> yeah, but then, yeah, that's is, like I I put a comment under one of those. You know, you, you got the videos on YouTube where you know you can listen to the whole album. You know, rightfully, you know, rightfully or wrongly, you know, they ain't getting much less listening to that the artist is than they do listening to it on Spotify. But uh, but it, you know, <laughs> but uh, it, I put like. It's a, it's a rare great work of hip hop that's also a great set satirical work. Like mm-hmm. you know, like you say, Dave, it builds off of what Spike did with with uh, Bamboozle. I think it owes a lot too to the the comic climate of the time, which uh, yeah, which was, a lot of it was built off of what Chappelle was doing on on Chappelle's show. I think and. Yeah. You know, I think they just really put it in a perfect form as a musical, uh, as a thematic record for for music on the musicals level. You know, mm-hmm. it's something that no other, like I said, only little brother would have tried to do this, and they they knocked it out the park. That's what makes it like a classic record. Yep. Space was going on. West said they loving it. All world said they loving it. It's not a big uh, I got a problem with you. Speaking gossip, talk about what you know, nothing in this nonsense. That's a Bronson, Charlie, take precaution. Get you sold on the block, no, not an auction. Dilly departing. I'm not a G, but I move like they move with a handful of smarts, man. Hit these go rambling, cause they don't know about the business we be handling. I'll let them know. Constant hits keep them scrambling. To the stores, to the shelves, dismantling. And what's that joint? Nice sampling, who would take you on the mic? Them bounces, them. Hey, your women, we attracting them. And if you ever wanna know what's happening, we tell them. Oh, it sounds so good. It's so good. 
guns bigger if their if their window wouldn't have been made smaller by BET right there and those Viacom companies. Yeah. Seriously, if you're on your way up and they take your whole visual and say, hey, we ain't playing that. That shit is huge because back then people who still kind of buying music, you know, they yeah. were getting into the streaming shit. Like I said, um, uh, uh, Boondocks uh, definitely worked with uh, Little Brother by playing their music on their actual page and stuff. But it was uh, people still buying the music. And so, and, and you would think that the video would look more like Bamboozle, but it didn't. You know no, what I'm it saying? Was, it, was look, real, it, it was innocent, <laughs> right? Yes, that was the that was the crazy part, Rook. It's like right. there was nothing in it that was worthy of being banned. And <laughs> BT still said, look, no, because if, they, if, they, if that shit was like tip drill, they would have played that shit at three in the afternoon. Right, right, right. right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm about to get kicked out now, man. But, I'm but sure they listened to the rest of the album, Kyle. It could have just been a video. Itself. I don't know about that. I don't know. I don't, know. I don't know. Maybe they did, but I don't know. But the album started with you black niggas network. <laughs> I'm like, come on now. <laughs> like that part, like I thought they I thought it was a play on UPN UPN, but even but that's close enough if I'm an exec at BT, and that would probably ruffle my feathers. I mean, you, you may be right, Dave. You may be right, but I, I mean, like, <laughs> you just say, listen, look at the watch, love it, and just say, okay, not them. You know, I think they listened to the whole album. Somebody had to listen to the whole album, like, put them on. You, it, you know, I'm pretty sure somebody there had to listen to the whole album, it's like saying, this may not be something we want to push. It's not showing us in the best light. That that's my take on it. But I, it was, but it, like I say, you can't make that. You can't make that conclusion. But it wasn't that explicit it wasn't as explicit as what like rook said what boondocks would eventually do in satirizing bet it wasn't that explicit but and also i don't think they had the strength for their convictions where well i'm fairly sure like i said if they if lb had gone the more exploitive route like a nelly would have at like a nelly or somebody would have at that point in time they would they would have gone behind that and 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 if they had if they had a Nelly or a or Jay Z or Little Wayne or somebody like that on loving it, they would have played that video instead of Joe Scudder. If they had a if they had a big enough artist, they had to do a remix. They had to do a remix. Like they had to do a remix. That's where they went wrong. They like Juvenile. Like how it wouldn't have been as big as it was if they didn't have that remix with Jay Z on it. You got to have that remix with the, you know whoever Tiger. Because that's all. That's a lot of general. That that's yeah. That's a general thing with with music. You gotta have that co-sign, especially hip hop. I listened to it because I listened to you know in high school. And I was like, this is trash. They put Jay Z on it. <laughs> they blew up. Right. Yeah, but you know it. Like I, the music, you know, going to the music itself a little bit. I think, and and this is one thing that if you if you look at Pooh's uh. IG, he made mention of because on hiding place where you know he says Dilla's name, and if you if you recognize that he said like in the in going into the track he says Dilla and stuff. He said that he if he had a regret he would have pushed harder to get Dilla on the record. So apparently he made the track thinking that Dilla was going to be on the record, but apparently they couldn't make it happen. Maybe. At the time, because he was deteriorating physically, 
Yeah. That might have played a role in it. I'm not sure, but he didn't. Yeah, he didn't no. What, what, what year? What year did it come out? What year? Oh, did it five, come out? 15th anniversary. So, right. it came out so yeah, five. he was he was getting yeah. he was very ill at that point because yeah, we lost it, him in 06. Could have been the case. Yeah. Yeah, we lost him in 06. So yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, but you know, thinking of that, that that already, but it still was a, a great cut. Hell yeah. You no, know, yeah. ripped it in. You know, it would have been nice to see like more of a Slump Village reunion on that track, though. Oh, stop, you know? stop! Don't yeah. even give me, don't even give me wanting that now. Oh man, yeah, so, I know, I know. So many people gone, man. Damn. Yeah, oh. but but I just want to like get into a little bit of the musical critic side of me. Like, it's interesting. Like, I listened to the album a couple times over the weekend, and it's interesting how much. Because talk, in talking about Little Brother, how they were anti-pop and anti-mainstream, really that first half of that album, though, going up to Loving It, that was a party record. If you mm -hmm. listen to that album and you listen to the beats mm -hmm. and nice, nice stuff, yeah. nice stuff, his beats, those were like the, like, think of like Not Enough and uh, say it again and loving it like these were beats that he would have given to a Jay-Z or or a Destiny's Child which were artists that he was already working with at the time yeah the higher and, beats for a minute too higher yeah. beats for a minute yeah the, higher pay, yeah like it, there was they were more upbeat like than oh. definitely than what you heard on a lot of the listening most of the listening so it was I I think I this is one of the reasons why I want to talk to them about the record you know, you know, hopefully by the 20th anniversary, we could have Pooh or Fonte or somebody or Knife on on with us to talk about the record. I would love that, but I'm all for that, man. But you know, we'll see. Bro. That's down the line. But we'll. But I think I really think that they did swing for the fences in regards to like, look, this is our our main. This is our, our entry to the mainstream. This is our first. A major label album. Let's swing for the fences, and they did that. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, after loving it, it got more towards the the meditative, contemplative side with all for you. One time for your mind. One time for your mind. Check it. I'm really at a loss of words, man. I don't know what else I can say. I mean, no beats, no rhymes. Hip hop ain't really that hard, man. I'm doing what I can do, man. What else y'all want, you know? Uh, we spent the last year writing rhymes, doing shows and chopping records And traveled all around the world to spread the message Cause ain't no rest for the weary when it comes to my team We only sleep on December the 32nd DJs dissing the album before they check it Dealing with their managers and program directors And even though I try not to stress it Sometimes it feels like a waste of time and not worth the effort Nah, but I won't let it Put a block on my team, hustle for a second Food be keeping rushing as long as Tay and I on the mic And knife is on percussion, these frontin' dudes can't say nothing. It was only time for we finally spoke out Plenty cold nights ahead, I suggest you get your coats out No time to stand here, lips poked out We bought the clothes out, they're stored up doubt and keep it moving Seems like whatever I do, it's not enough for you but they, but they still did the satirical things, like they had right. the flipping fashion sketch, and you know right. they did right. stuff that got your head and got you laughing too. 
And you know, it, and, it, and Fonte can really sing, so it's like he's cheating, man. That he stuck his ass off and made him <laughs> laugh at the same time. Right. <laughs> like he's so he's, he's so talented, man. He's so talented in so yeah. many ways. Like and I Poo, Poo, they even made fun of Pooh on there, talking about he was the weakest link. Remember with the uh, <laughs> they were talking about sound click? <laughs> yeah. Is it, it was I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm sure he had heard all those things in between the listening and and in that album, and 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 Pooh, you know, he put out a he he put out a low key classic on his own with Sleepers. Hell yeah, with mellow Sleepers music, a damn good album. Oh, that was Sleepers was it was dope. Yeah. And then and then after that, he linked up with Mellow Music and did two good, very pretty good albums, very good albums. And shit. Yeah, but like the Apollo Brown album, right? And, yeah, right. Yeah. But yeah, sleepers, man. I still listen to that. I love it. And I love it in the morning mostly though. It's yeah. like morning beats. But this the funny thing about that era, dude. A lot of those beats were when Knife was very fucking busy and the beef was happening because yeah. he was kind of disconnected. So a lot of those beats, though they sound dope as hell, were kind of like throwaway beats. You know what I'm saying? Technically. So there was stuff that, like you said, it didn't sound like Something little brother would have got. That sounds like something that Beyonce heard and probably fell on the fucking uh uh production room floor or something. <laughs> I don't think I could I couldn't what hear that? them using a, a damn Jay-Z or Beyonce using a, a Bee Gees sample in one of their songs. I mean, you know, I could be wrong, but I, I, some of the like some of the stuff I couldn't hear. <laughs> well, you you don't think that I I think that like the tracks I said, like not enough, in particular, not enough, say it again. <laughs> Uh, you know, maybe not beautiful morning, but uh, oh, 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 God, yeah, now that was there. That was that was raw knife. That was raw knife. Yeah, but but I think we sitting there, we sitting there trying to play it in our heads now. (laughs) I'm gonna play some of the stuff on. I think when I when I edit this together for the for the podcast version, but but uh, no, I think I, I do think that I think if you listen to, like I said, particularly not enough. Say it again and loving it. Those are single tracks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. You know, and if you look at that compared to the listening, the listening was basically one long listening experience. Mm-hmm. Like you could pick out maybe something like uh whatever you say as a single, but even that sounds like mostly like an album. Track. You can tell because they they kind of flow together. It's almost yeah. like water, you know. And he made those beats with them there or with them in mind, you know. This right. other thing was he was just like going through hard drives. I bet you, man, it was just, for real. And 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 that's 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 big though. Like you say, they were going through changes that we didn't notice as the audience. Exactly. And uh, you know, pretty soon after that, you know, knife pulled pulled out of the group, and you know, the little brother has gone on to make more record more music as a duo than as mm-hmm. a trio even though for me it's hard to think i think of that group and i think of them at their highest power as a trio yeah but they, they have made a lot of great music as a duo you can look at the, the album from last year which you know was a it was a great record a great return and yeah. and a lot of that actually built off of what they did on mr show too with the 
UBN stuff that they mm-hmm. did. The yeah, they kept that going. Movie. They definitely kept that. Yeah. that, that uh, those they kept on, those new ones going. Watch. I love that, man. Yeah, but uh, uh, that was my first job I did when I came here. That was my first job. Period. Yeah, like, yeah right. You did, a, you did a show for that tour, right? Yeah, yeah. So went out and like you know took pictures and stuff, and I was like, wow, man, just to see the brothers like because I interviewed them way back in the day when they were like at the African Fest. And I interviewed them and asked them my BET questions back then. So, like, just to see how much they'd grown to this point, you know. What, what did still, they say about when they asked you those questions back then? Oh, man. You got to go back to that interview. I'll link you to it. Because they said a lot okay. of shit. I can't, I can't really go into it because they really couldn't go into it. They were still in the midst of it. You know what I'm saying? So they were saying a lot of stuff that wasn't really direct, but you could just tell okay, there's an underlying beef that's here with Ninth going on. We can't speak okay. on it, but we're trying to work through it. That's what it seemed like they were trying so to say. So that was in 05? That was that, that was like, when the fuck was that one African Fest? I forget, man. The African Fest is usually in, in, in Labor Day weekend, so that would have been just yeah. before the album came out. Okay. Damn. Mm, mm, mm. Wow. <laughs> wow. But, but, uh, I just want to throw this question at you guys, though. Like, if 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 they had had a greater success with that album, like if 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 BET left them alone and maybe they sold, you know, maybe they wouldn't have went platinum, but they went gold or close to it or something. They had success. And they made a couple more singles out of it. Like, do you think that Little Brother as a three man group would have continued beyond the Minstrel Show? I mean, I thought part of the beef was in Lit Knife Rap. And, you know, after hearing Knife Rap, you know, I understand why. <laughs> I'm not I'm not sure if that was a primary thing. I think it was more about Knife not wanting to tour and be, and really do the stuff that associated with a group. Mm. And, and I, you know, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure that I don't know if rap, I don't know if him rapping was that much of an issue at that point. <laughs> Oh, okay. But like but I, I agree with you that he shouldn't <laughs> he shouldn't have rapped in, in general. Although I, I do think he had a decent voice, but he just he wasn't a rapper at all. I don't know. His voice it, it, it's pretty flat. I mean it's pretty flat from a from, I don't know. I remember the knife matic tracks and I just Yeah, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. But being pretty flat. Um <laughs> I just, yeah, I just think his delivery, his delivery was bad. But I, I think the timber of uh, his voice, I, I, I think was decent. But I, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I just, I don't know. It just he, he didn't, yeah. he wasn't meant for rapping. I mean, you know nah. no, he was, he was. Yeah. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think you know, I think if, if they, I think if they were a little successful, maybe because I mean, he, he wound up on one track on that follow-up album and it was interesting enough the little wayne track and you know i just think that i don't know maybe if they were treated if they were more welcome treated more as a welcome group in that tribe of of mainstream hip-hop you know maybe knife would have felt it worth you know staying on for another album or two at least because they could have had more placements from people like Wayne and he could have made, you know, he could have made more out of his situation as a member of the group. Whereas with what happened with the album, 
he probably was just like, well, you know, screw it. I'll just go out and set out on my own because we're not we're not ever going to be accepted as a group anyway. Um, that's just my thinking. Uh, that's a good question. It's, I think it's hard to, you know, to go back to figure that out. I would have liked to hear more on the radio because the radio was awful at that time. I mean, it's bad now, but it was bad <laughs> back then. Yeah, like, I just remember hearing a damn Nelly and Tim McGraw song over <laughs> and over on the radio during that time. There was just certain songs that just really were like, God, you are punishing us with these that, that's why I was so admirable how they went about things, Dave. It's like they they were take they were trying to out- offer a real alternative to what was going on in, in mainstream hip hop at that time, and <clears throat> they just got shut down. And and it's it's sort of a, a it's sort of a you know they uh it's the sort of thing where like you know you get assassinated, you get you get to live on. You know, in a certain way, they didn't get assassinated, but you know, they they career got put to the side, and it was just left for us as as fans. And yeah, and it became own, more of a cult. It became yeah, more of a cult. cult yeah, perfect yeah. way to put it. We, they they were left as okay. You're just gonna be this cult group, right? And us who valued them all the time, we were we were allowed to stick with them and hold them to our close to us and. You know, it's funny now because, you know, Fonte really has lasted in a way that's unique mm-hmm. where, you know, Fon- you could hear Fonte's music on Sesame Street now, like <laughs> raps that he does and stuff. Right. He's done raps and stuff that has appeared on Sesame Street. <laughs> and, you know, he's still close with Questlove. He appears on Questlove's podcast, Questlove Supreme. And there's a lot of people like Questlove and, you know, people who have, you know, like say Jay and people who have were hip to Little Brother and, and Ninth who really like, and, and oh, look, the Drake thing. Gotta, you got to speak about the Drake thing with him. Look, I know Dave, anytime you mention Drake, Dave puts his head there, but <laughs> Drake has admitted himself that Fate is his favorite rapper. I don't yeah, know if he still he's a huge that. fan. He's a huge fan. Yeah, I don't I, know if he still feels that way, but he admitted that early in his career. And for for a lot of people now, whenever you you have to associate whatever you mention Drake, you have to say, look, he got most of his style from Fate. And that's the point. Like who cares? I don't care about who your favorite rappers are if one if you ain't putting them on and two. Yeah. You ain't be honest. Yeah, that I mean like it don't matter if if who your favorite is, if you ain't put if you got a platform and you ain't putting them on, I don't think it really matters. I mean, I don't think it really matters. I mean but it's not it matters, it matters, Dave, and that as the we as the people know a greater truth than he's revealing. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Like Drake is I don't there's one reason why I, I can't ever ride completely with Drake either, because he betrayed his he long ago betrayed his influences to get rich. He betrayed, you know, the slum village and the and the LB and the stuff that he really liked as a young as a young rapper, just to jump on with Young Money and and become the biggest artist in the world. And Had without without, without shining light back onto those artists who are still very much active. And that's what they said. That's what they talking about. Yeah, he, he had to get, he had to get out the he had to get out the basement 
And I mean, yeah, I mean, more and to, I guess more to that point, I think it's said being that one little brother was the first people that put him on, you know, put him on the song yep. even before Young yeah. Money and all that. He killed that shit too. Oh my God. I still all listen. Right. Oh, yeah. 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 Don't you have a man? Yeah. Yeah, that you know, it's hard. It's hard to get over his voice, but yeah, it was a good track. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we get it. Man. We get still it. had one we foot in the grassy at that point. Yeah, yeah, we he's that it. that croaky. You know, like I, you know, I got a five o'clock shadow, but I still sound like a fourteen. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, but that that's part of Fonte's legacy, though. And when you talk about some of the impactful artists post two thousand. You got to put, I think you got to put Fonte on the list in hip hop because not only has he have, does he have the discography that he has as a solo and as and with Lil B, but like, like we, like we all know, he directly influenced probably the biggest artists of the past 10 years. Yeah. Yeah. He, he, he gave birth to, he gave birth to Drake, not that, uh, that little dude in Memphis. <laughs> with the with the thick ass mustache, yeah. Oh man, uh, I love it. We finally found something to make hit a nerve with Dave. That's hilarious. Oh man, uh, Aubrey. I mean, I got yeah, Aubrey. 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 Thinking you could predict what happened. You the reason I'm thinking I'm getting sick of rapping. Uh, we know what you're thinking, love. Yeah, you think we out smoking and drinking, love. Yeah, Pushing big whips, chains clinking, love. But well, y'all really know me like you think you know me. Cause we know how you speculate. Thinking we gon' hit your friend if you object to date. Claim we're early and be showing up extra late, love. But y'all don't really know me like you think you know me. You probably think I walk around with my gun tucked in. Swing dick to these hoes like nunchucks Well, you can think what you want But I think you've been watching too much BT Uncut You need to get real and check out my real life I ain't a tip drill, don't care what it smell like But if you feel like putting all your notions aside And talking to a real nigga, I gladly oblige First name Fonte, I be pleased to date ya College educated, got degrees and papers But I'm from the South where if you ain't snapping Or rapping about trapping, you's a freak of nature Such an anomaly Speak so well and talk so college Such an astonishing contrast to all the bullshit you've been following On behalf of them, I offer my apologies Maybe with me you'll unlearn Putting all niggas in a box of concerns Me cause I ain't dumb Shit I'm well read like sunburn And after me you'll never leave no stone unturned uh, We know what you think He has to reach Well he, he's done that actually throughout his career Reaching out to different artists and he did it with Migos. He did it with the the little boy. He did the uh, the track with down in uh, uh, the Look Alive track and all this. Like he he jump he jumps on a bunch of artist stuff and uses that to you know uh, prolong his career. And now he's doing it with Dirk apparently. <sighs> I do, yeah. Um. Yeah, that's why I don't listen to the radio. Um, <laughs> I can't. Yeah. I can't do it. I, I just, I just be want to ask like a lot of the music, the, the radio personalities, like how much of your soul you got to sell, how much, what, what strains you got to do to maintain in this space, 
especially when you get especially when you get old. Like I can understand you. Like I mean, like I figure, like you got to do something strange when you first get to first get on, and then when you get maybe get old. <laughs> yeah, you know, some you of these to- some of these folks are real. Like they say they're heads, and and they come from an age where there would be heads. I, there's one guy in particular. I, I don't want to really put them out there, but you may know who I'm talking about, Dave. But I know he's on the major about. station here. Yeah, I know and. For all intents and purposes, he's a hit. He represents like he like if you catch him at certain spots, he'll represent stuff that heads represent. But he has to go onto the radio every morning and act like you know he's down with the young cats and stuff too. Like I couldn't do it myself. I, I just couldn't do it. It's just like don't you like I just be like I, I yeah I mean I probably be more like a, a Joe Budden's like don't you know your shit is trash you know? <laughs> like like like, well, yeah. <laughs> like and you, and I'm like I understand you speaking your truth where you come from but you can do it with some level of aplomb and just you know some skill and but you just trash like you know the people that came before you was able to do it they came from the same place you did or worse and they actually had some skill as well but they were yeah. able to do it with some skill yeah you know? everybody likes to like to jump on how young some of these guys are but they were pretty young back in the day as well and 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 they and they were very liter- much more literate i don't know like yeah, like I don't like I like I I was aspiring teacher at one point, and then it's just well, trying to read <laughs> guys writing that cordless was giving me a migraine. I said I can't do it. So <laughs> it's just like, yeah, you just it yeah, it's really unfortunate. It's like people say, well, this is their way of expressing themselves from their environment. So is it? I don't know what happened between the last twenty. We'll just say the last twenty years. I mean. Is it, it ain't that like, different. Is this like some inner? Is it like some inner familial mixing? <laughs> that like you look at some of these guys, and maybe you think of like maybe that's happening. Too much cousin humping. Maybe, and I mean, like if COVID, and like honestly, if COVID existed before now, I can understand it because you know you're stuck in the house, you can't go anywhere. But like you could go places, like you know, you and you may live. You know, you can go outside your neighborhood and find somebody else to to date. Um, because yeah. it's like I, some the rappers now, I definitely think it's some inbreeding going on or something. It's pretty bad. Uh, maybe, man. But oh, yeah. Well, you you mentioned button though, man. We, we that's that's that was gonna be the second main topic I wanted to go into, and uh, his ongoing thing with with Charlemagne, and uh. You know, I, I, you know, I, I don't. But I'll just let you go. I'll just let you start off with that before I give before I give some context. I, I, I guess I guess I'll give some context first. You go first because you listened to the whole thing. I haven't listened to the whole thing. I think I made it about twenty yeah. in. Yeah, and so. I, I and I've been more keeping up with this thing in, in particular. Well, first, the main thing is that uh, Budden's podcast, which I think. A, most people, if you're into hip hop and you're online and you're into online media and stuff, you know about the Joe Budden podcast. He he started it coming off of his dealings with Complex, where he did the Everyday Struggle show. You know, Budden for years, you know, he was in the rap game. He transitioned over into reality TV with you know the previously mentioned Love and Hip Hop, and you know his career. 
is you know went down as it as typically does with rappers who started in 01. At some point you keep you know the steam wasn't there was only so much steam to begin with and you know it, it petered out to over it, you know that's that, that's that's a, that's a good point. You can yeah. probably count on your hand on both fingers like how many rappers from you know 2001 maybe both hands like the whole game oh, who yeah. are still who still relevant and I mean, yeah, yeah. It's, but it's, it's, yeah, it's the thing. this is the thing yeah. that's so interesting about today, where you have so many rappers who have turned to podcasting and video blogging and all this stuff that they do. And pe people have gotten TV shows out of it. Button is probably the best example of that, where he he's gotten TV shows and all types of media deals now. And now he's looked at as one of the premier content producers in the hip hop scene. One of the premier, you know, uh, uh, commentators, I guess, would be an all-encompassing word because he he on his shows he talks about other artists he he reviews he reviews new albums as they come out and and like Dave, like you say, most of them he called trash. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, yeah, I mean, that's so 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 that part. I mean, the, the raw honesty. And it's yeah. two things also is two two which you mentioned about like knife, like his pitch. Like he has a great like pitch. His voice is like yeah. great, like he, yeah. flat deadpan. And uh, so he really, that's what makes the show great. <laughs> he really was he really was made for this moment. And it was something that he sort of stumbled into because you know, you know, like I said, being his career petered out as as it did naturally, but he just he's always been a person who had no he he's been in tune with what's going on online and he's not a person who who's uh he he doesn't keep his mouth shut so he you know he so like I said he's made for these he's made for the platforms that he's gotten into he brought on his guy Mal and and Rory and they put on this show they do it from I, I don't know if it's his house or whatever, but they do it from a nice little setting, and all it is, is is basically like what we do. We they put themselves together, except they're in the same room, but they talk shit. And and I admittedly getting into his podcast, it it made me think of like, man, I want to have a show like that. And they the show that they've done, they've done. As it as it currently is constituted, they've done from 2018 on Spotify. It's been exclusive on Spotify, and the contract runs out later this month. And he announced last month that is that he's done with Spotify because of bad dealings that Spotify has has gone on with him. Negotiate negotiations that have gone sour. They gave him they gave him a pick of some Rolexes. Instead of giving them stock options, <laughs> and, and and you know he's he's gone off several times. <laughs> he's gone off several times. Oh yeah, being treated like like a simpleton and like a you know a, a mere employee when he when they really do have the most popular podcast on that platform. They've he you know he says it. He says some. I don't know if anybody has really checked this, but he says that. The show has brought in nine figures for Spotify, and if that's the case, then you know I I you know you really have to feel that he's entitled to ask for 
the things that he's asked for, which you know some people say has been as much as two hundred of uh, two hundred fifty million dollars and whatever, and you know he he's just he's he's played hardball essentially with Spotify, and and he's be, he's been very much speaking on a lot of issues in regards to creatives in general and people knowing their value in regards to negotiating with uh, these big corporations that are, you know, in, in so many cases use people's work and underpays them. They use their people's work for content and they, you know, more often than not underpay and undervalue people, you know, who they, who they utilize their, you know, their content for, you know, endless hours of entertainment. And so that brings me to Charlemagne. Is Charlemagne, you know, Breakfast Club co-host, you know, uh, another guy who out of nowhere sort of talk, you know, amongst the media, media as in him, as if it were not finalized. Insert the text that I get after the rant that says, hey, which I mentioned here, let's not kill each other publicly over our ego. I mentioned that here, but I never mentioned what it said to me. Because what it said to me was, I'm not doing that. (laughs) I'm not attempting to kill somebody because I have an ego. I'm just getting information and bringing it back. It said to me that you took what I was saying as a shot to your ego. And that I was attempting to publicly ruin you. That's how I took that. In your defense, you were responding to his comments about your Spotify, right? In Joe's defense, Joe is only ever bringing back information to other creatives and curatives. What you do with that information is on you. But I'm going to let you know exactly what's happening at that bridge. And if you want to go on that bridge, then that's your right. The end. (laughs) Sure. That's what Joe was doing. So when you tell me, hey, let's not kill each other. Well, I wasn't even thinking about you, fam. I'm thinking about creators. And there's no ego involved here, but it tells me I may have slighted yours. When I spoke to you on the phone and we're going through both of our ideas and our theories and our ideologies. See, we're both. It is kind of like it is kind of like Professor X and Magneto. It is. That's an appropriate metaphor. One thinks we can all work together. And one thinks, nah, we have to we have to attack. We have to just attack humans. The superheroes, we have to attack them. They don't want to fuck with us. We have to make them fuck with us. They're not respecting us. That's the fight. <laughs> That's it. Plain and simple. Right there. Joe is Magneto. Hey, they think we're killers. All they want to do is lock us up, take advantage of us, rape us, steal from us. They don't respect us as human beings in the creative world. Let's fast forward from that. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Joe had as a a rapper. I think he started out on Wendy Williams' show. He was a side guy on that show. He winds up going on to The Breakfast Club. And he was there when it started with uh, Angela Yee and uh, uh, DJ Envy. They built that into the biggest 
black radio show in the country, you know, in a lot of ways. And they're they're this money making force now for iHeartRadio, which owns their radio station in New York. And um, you know, Charlemagne apparently went on their show, The Breakfast Club, and said that you know, Button is you know, after Button let it be known that they, that his show is not returning to Spotify. Charlemagne said, "Well, you you're just making bad deals, and you can't negotiate well." And you're not you're not doing the right thing by your by yourself and by your people, and you're not setting the you're not setting the standard that you think you are, whatever. So many words. And later, Charlemagne, within the past week or so, has announced that he's starting his own podcast platform network with iHeartRadio, and it's going he's bringing on a bunch of you know uh, diverse, mostly black podcasters and shows that are going to be under their network. But Budden looks at that as like being just a content farm essentially for iHeartRadio. These are going to be a bunch of shows that are going to be eventually undervalued. Just like, you know, not really, you can't really say that Charlemagne is undervalued. Apparently he's on the board of iHeart and stuff right now. So he's making money. He's a big deal with them. And this, you know, that's and you can you can figure that's the case because that's what allowed that's iHeart wouldn't allow him to make a, a whole podcast network under their banner if he wasn't valued by that company. Right. Yeah, of course. Time, how much of that value is going to play going to trickle down to the individuals on this network? That is a question that's going that's yet to be answered. Probably not much. Um yeah, definitely probably not much. It was funny, you know, you kind of recap Charlemagne's thoughts on uh, Joe's position. And I was just thinking in my head, it sounded like Trump. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, uh, yeah, and I mean, to Joe's defense, yeah, like, I don't understand what, what you know, influence or what insights did he, why should he have a, an opinion on, at least, you know, a public opinion on it? I mean, if you genuinely cared about the man's, uh, you know, I guess getting a fair deal. I mean, mm-hmm. I would provide some consultation to him. Well, see, that's the thing that with Charlemagne, he's become such a he's been become a person whose opinion has apparently been held up to the highest degree. Now he's been he he gets regularly he gets you know he has best selling books. He he has he gets booked regularly on major talk shows and stuff and. You know, he he has his show where he he calls out people as donkeys of the day every day, and so I think yeah, I, I agree with you, Dave. Like I think he's he's feeling himself to a degree where he thinks he can talk about anything and anyone, even supposed friends, and just put their business out there and give and give his ruling like like he has the last say and the only say on things. Yeah, I really don't. Yeah, that, that part. Yeah, I mean that's really disconcerting, especially if somebody you identify as a friend, like them getting a bad deal or something like that. You know, that's not. Yeah, I mean that's not something you're doing in public. I mean, and yeah. two, if I mean what I would personally do if I was a Charlemagne was one, you know, just provide. You know, if you know someone in that position, 
where they're in a, you know negotiating the deal or you consider them a professional peer friend is you know provide them with some counsel or maybe provide them with kind of a, a guidebook so to speak to be able to help them negotiate and broker that deal yeah um, i think that's really important i mean th i think the issue at hand is that there's probably the reason why a lot of these large you know uh radio stations and, you know, entertainment conglomerates get over on artists is because there is no one there to help them negotiate their deals. No one help them. There's no one there to help them what we call in, in real estate, underwrite their business, value mm -hmm. their business. So, yeah. you know, they see somebody gives them an opportunity of having a platform, but they offer them pennies on the dollar and they say, this is the first, you know, and they, you know, sometimes by that was considered the first opportunity or maybe the largest opportunity for them to have a platform. Um, but they don't necessarily know that that deal comes at a, you know, a large cost. Yeah. And I mean, you know, th just thinking back, excuse me, to like the last dance, to the last dance, sorry. Um, when, you know, when Scotty was, was his, you know, was kind of, you know, upset about his contract being yeah. lower than most of the people in the league. And it just really just comes back to, you know, that time period, I guess, where they discussed this initial deal, and he took it because I think at the time he had some extenuating family circumstances where he wanted to make sure he was able to, feel, yeah. you know, provide for his family. Yeah. And you know, but the thing is, there has to be someone there for you. Is that when you're in that critical moment that can one provide counsel or two advocate for you? And that's really the per, you know, if there's that's the I think the you know benefit of having an agent to do so. Well, it, well, it, it, when you look at that Scotty situation, well, for one, he did have an agent, and two, Reinsdorf, the owner of the team, <laughs> uh, it, he, no, I guess this is what he's what happened because he's he's he said it on the show and it hasn't been refuted. Like Reinsdorf said that he advised Scotty to not sign the deal, and, and uh, so that's what, like you say, he had that advisement, but Scotty. In that moment, giving the extenuating circumstances of his family, chose to make the deal that he made because he wanted to get the money, this life-changing money that he hadn't had before that, so that he could, you know, do what he can do and give back to his family. And and before you go back, I just want to say that brings me when I think of Charlemagne, that's that gets to the heart of what I think the conflict is with Charlemagne and Button is that. You have two diametrically opposed viewpoints, right? And 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 uh, viewpoints and philosophies about how to make your way in the media business right now. And you know, with Charlemagne, you have the idea, an ideal of being a a great employee who can maybe who can you know get who can earn your way up the ladder, the corporate ladder. Dance your way up the corporate ladder. This is my, <laughs> I mean, you could put, you could put. I mean, honestly, it's fun, you know, not to cut you off, but back to like our initial conversation on the menstrual show. You could put that damn man tan mask on him sometimes. You, you can, you can. I, I put, I, 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 I with you. Like he's troublesome sometimes. Sometimes he's not so troublesome. Yeah, but I, I will say that. And and I'm I'm with I'm more on Joe's side with this because Joe is a, more about ownership and you know he's pre that's what he's been preaching on the show, retaining ownership, 
knowing your value as a person in this in this industry, which where there's so much fluctuation and there's so many things that change over time where, you know, your value can fluctuate at different points and, and you have to deal with different people who own different uh, prof, you know, platforms and stuff like that. Look, I'm a part owner of a, of a, of a plat of a multi-platform thing that what you're looking at right now, I, I own part of it. So I, you know, I'm definitely on Joe's side with that, but I also know that it's very difficult to own your own media platform, to own your own media uh, interest. And unless you, uh, when, you know, that makes me think of like with, with what Charlemagne says, there is value in being part of an entity that where there is security and there's, you know, when you have job security and where you can excel, rule to, to grow and excel, it, it, there's reason why a lot of people go that route as well. So a, a lot of times you, you do have people who, who shuffle along that path, but it's not always that. And, and those are not always the reasons why people go that route. Well, so to I mean to that point, like I said, nobody's throwing sand at him for necessarily taking that route. I think it's when you start throwing stones at other people is really when it becomes yeah. problematic. I mean, you right. can't and you're undercutting your fellow brother. Yeah, I mean, right. I mean, you can't say, yeah, you took a bad deal, or you shouldn't, or you know, judge somebody's decision because one, you're not in that same role. And yeah. I mean, it, you know, ultimately, I'm pretty sure it's you know. Joe is, you know, as old as Charlemagne is, so and he's been in, you know, the space long enough where he understands the implications of his actions. He's not, isn't, you know, he's not in his twenties. He's, 20 he's his, yeah. his opinion is fully informed by twenty years in the music business, right? And twenty years in entertainment. He's, he's, yeah, he's not dumb about any of this at all. That's why I've, I've been so impressed with what he's been saying recently and. You know, because he does have that history behind it. He's he's been around the block and back. Yeah, and I think that's yeah, yeah. I mean, he and he's had he's taken his experiences, like you said, in the music industry, and and pivoted and been able to make maintain relevance in an area where there's a short attention span. Yeah. Um, you know, and he's been able to do it and maintain integrity, which is also um, two things that are really not out very congruent in the music industry being able to do both yeah, uh, you're right. so yeah special i mean especially in this age so yeah i mean i don't i mean for everything he said you know sounds spot on i mean the, the bit of it i was able to listen to uh sometimes he even, yeah. even when he comes off sounding a little you know off, his, off crazy i mean at times it's still <laughs> i understand yeah, he's where still a performer like, yeah he's still a performer and, and, yeah. He he still hasn't seen a beef that he wouldn't like to take a bite out of. Like this is the guy who who ran after Drake fans. I was just <laughs> thinking about that. Yeah, <laughs> in the middle of the street. Yeah, yeah. And I, I mean, and I think that's great. I mean, that's great that there's. I mean, that level. I mean, uh, that he's able to. You know, one, he's able to separate the. You know, this is my personal life. You don't come do this. It's, and he's not, and it's not a situation where he just calls security or call police. No, he addressed them for just kind of that nonsense. And I mean, yeah. I think, yeah, and I think that's problematic that that does happen. And that one is just kind of like the the fanboydom or the single mindedness of people who one take someone else's views on them and then just go run with it. 
and then just add also just you know inaccurate information to it just to make it even worse. Uh, yeah. yeah, I wouldn't. Yeah, I don't really um, admire or I don't um, have envy anyone really in the industry now just because all of the you know foulness that comes with it, all of the toxicness that comes with it, especially online. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I just say you know if. If in a year or two, if, if if Charlemagne comes calling, you know, just disregard this episode, Mister Charlemagne, and you know, give me whatever little check you got to offer, <laughs> and I'll be a part of your network. <laughs> I mean, you know, it, yeah, but I mean, it's gonna come at a cost. You keep, I, mean, I, I love Rook. I don't know where he's at, but yeah, <laughs> you know, Rook. <laughs> I love Rook, but no. <laughs> No, no, yeah, I'm, 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 he's gonna be banned like little brother was banned from BET. You're gonna have to wait, you're gonna have to wait another 10, 20 years before you get your empire, and y'all can be like, you know, the have you have your own rogue show where you, <laughs> where you can put him on a platform. So I, wish, you know, I wish he could have came back on. I we'll just continue this next week, I guess. But yeah, this uh, it's gonna be interesting because, like, like you said. I think September twenty third is the last date that uh uh button will be on Spotify apparently. So he he said in a video that I shared with y'all today that he's getting calls and all this. So it'll be interesting to see where he goes next and you know what type of vision that he makes for himself. I think you know I've in I've been a lot of this I've been getting from text involved with some of the other brothers, uh, you know, from Regal and stuff. And, you know, a lot of them have been like, a few of them, a couple of, have been like, you know, this, you no, know, this isn't the sort of thing. This is disheartening to see Charlemagne and Joe going at it in public like this. I, I was like, look, sometimes you got to have these squabbles out in public because we're talking about rhetoric that needs to be discussed. Especially, and you're talking about, uh, you know, information I think is being brought across here, especially by Joe, that is of value to creators of all sorts and, you know, independent creators in particular. And it's stuff that we can utilize from this conversation going forward. We all have to be able to keep in mind our values, both our values as creators and our values as people and we have to have that we have to prioritize those things you know because you know whatever successes that we have whatever uh advancements that we're able that we're able to make in the future you know there's a, we it has to be it has to be known that we all can be valued more you know we all have a value in us i have a value dave you have a value Rook has a value. Everyone you see on this this YouTube channel, on our on our podcast platforms, on our website, we have value, and you know we should be able to tap into that as best we can, and not be exploited. And you know, there's always the chance that you can be because that's what these people are going to do. That's that's their that's their modus operandi. And, you know, if you're going to be in this game, you got to guard against it. So I think Joe is informing people on how better to guard against these things, you know, regardless of 
whoever you come across in the future. And I think that's a, there's value to that. I think there's value to it, but what I'd like to see somebody in the music industry do, and I mean, I've heard instances of Jay-Z doing it. I mean, sure, there are other people, but someone consistently be able to negotiate terms for people that are advantageous. And it's really unfortunate. It seems like a lot of cases, and I'm, you know, and I'm making an assumption here, but you always see the, the artists who have the least talent for whatever reason get the most buzz and get some of the strongest deals. True. I mean, like, I mean, like the, the chief keeps to the world. I'm sure Aubrey gave uh, Lil Durk a good deal. I mean, Lil Durk is better than a chief keep, but you see, I'm mean, like the you know, but then you hear these horror stories about these really talented artists get shafted and just end up in these bad contracts. Yeah. And it's just it's just unfortunate that there's now someone to more advocate for them, you know, to say, okay, this is a person's quality. It's like if a we'll just use an example, like if a, a Neek or a Rashid Hadi or somebody like that gets called up, you know, gets get offered a major deal. I hope there's somebody there as an intermediary to make sure that the one they're getting the best deal they can get. Yeah, I, and ideally it would be someone on the on the level of Jay Z and Jay. Jay has used his powers to back certain artists like you know, Jay Electronica and, and he's brought him he's brought him into his fold, you know, but you know it, the, those guys are picky too and they're and they're right and that's a part of the problem though. Yeah. And, and that's a, also part of the problem because he, you know, you shouldn't you, you ha I think the a part of the problem in the music industry is not only about who's in the wave you know, as far as who's hot now, but it's also about who's likable. And I don't think mm -hmm. likable should be necessarily the metric as far as you putting somebody on. It really should be on if that person has got talent or not. I mean, like, even like the, you know, J. Cole signed to J. Electronica. I mean, the amount of content he's put out for me, that's a, I don't know if that would be the best investment, you know. Mm -hmm. Like I said, I, you know, I'm like, if I was a Jay-Z, I'm like, you got, you know, you, you got a twin in a Sky Zoo who's been around for, to your point, for damn near 20 years. I'd have brought, you know, I'd have reached out to a Sky. I'm like, this, you know, this is, we come yeah. from the same place. You pretty much my little brother come on, you know, and join rock or at least make the offer for it. Something like that. But you bring it on people that. They, I mean, you know, and Jay got, and Jay has, you know, Jay's good, but for his, you know, what he's put out, I don't, I don't know what, what to compare him to, but he's yeah. been underwhelming with his, you know, output as far as you know, he, he hasn't been prolific at all, and <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you you make a good you make a good point with Sky Zoo and and you know, you know, to for full discretion, you know, me and. Dave are big Sky Zoo fans, of course, but yeah, it, it's 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 interesting. Like, why wouldn't that type of artist, a uh, uh, obviously hardworking artist who comes from, like you say, is sort of like a little brother to Jay. He's even he even did a tribute project to Reasonable Doubt. Like, why wouldn't that be an artist who you pick out and want to hold up, as opposed to? A guy of a, a more, you know, uh, I, maybe the mystery is part of the thing with Jay. I mean, there is sort of this thing where artists, a lot of artists, have been drawn to him in some way that 
you know, is unexplainable almost. But I, I don't know. But but Jay has picked. I mean, Jay has picked other artists too. Like you can look at a Jay Cole, who was more of in between Sky Zoo and Jay Electronica. He's been a working artist. He's worked consistently, and he's been successful. So you no, know, he's improved. He's improved. I mean, yeah, he's yeah. Improved. But even he's, even when you could say he was whacker, he still was selling records. So, yeah, I guess in the you know when it comes down to it, that's really the main thing. Can this artist sell records? And you know, maybe I guess I don't know. Maybe he just didn't think. May it, I don't know what his opinion is on Skazu. We never heard it, but maybe he just didn't think that Skazu could sell records like that. I don't know. I mean, he's a New York prototypical rapper. I mean, he's not like. I mean. There's been enough. He's, you know, yeah. There's been enough. He's. There's been enough of people before him like him, so to speak. You know. But see, but see, and, and, but see, that's the thing too. That might have been. That might have worked against him. That makes me think of like Russell Simmons, like Nas saying Russell Simmons didn't take him on because he said he sounded too much like Coogee Rap. So like. Sometimes they sometimes these guys overthink things, and it's like, well, if I got a rapper who sounds like Coogee Rap, yeah, I'll, I'll sign that guy. But Russell apparently, may, maybe he was maybe he did too much blow that day or something. I don't know, but he was just, but he saw a guy, he all he saw was a guy who was derivative of something, and he didn't think that was sellable because Coogee Rap was only so much sellable. But Nas went, Nas has gone on to sell millions more records than Cool G Rap. So sometimes your your best instincts aren't the right thing. Aren't yeah, the like, right thing. Picking Sam, picking Sam Bowie over Jordan, I guess. Uh, yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> it's, I mean, yeah, it's a uh, music industry is, is a strange thing. I have no a, a weird thing. I mean, yeah, I have no, uh, it's a I think, yeah, and I think that if you're in a place where you get, you have talent, you definitely need somebody looking out for you because, uh, yeah, other, yeah, because you can, like I said, because ultimately I think it's one of those places where it's either one or two things. You don't have a lot of talent, but you got a lot of hustle when you make it, or you know, you 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 know, you you're a part of the wave. I mean, whatever it is you you you're yeah. talking about is the next big thing. Yeah, and. Sometimes you be part of that wave. It's like, uh, you know, Outkast and Goody Mob said you you found get found floating face down in the mainstream. So then yeah, you know, a lot of people have had that happen to them. And you know, it, it going back to the beginning of our show, it 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 threatened almost happened to little brother, but they they found that way in their own little fjord, their own little path. And they've maintained something that's that's been lasting, and, and that's the last thing I want to say about that is that, get, you know, they had all their difficulties, but in the end, they're still brothers, and they they have a good relationship now. No, Fontaine Poole have, have made they said made their album last year, and they apparently making more music. And Ninth, even though Ninth isn't a part of it, he's still on good terms with those guys. So, I think you know, given all that they've given to us. You know, that's the most that I could ask from them at this point, you know, just knowing that they're on good terms with each other. And, you know, I, I just would like for them to tour again, you know, when, uh, when when people can tour again. 
Oh yeah, I mean, uh, I mean that'd be great. But yeah, I think I mean the great thing about groups like LB is they tend to be like oxygen in like a damn, you know, I don't want to say gas factory. <laughs> I mean that's that little hole, CO two factory. <laughs> that, that's that little hole to the end, you know, to the outside where you can stick tube out and breathe fresh air, while yeah. everybody being gassed to death by you know mediocrity, mediocre music. Um, yeah, yeah. So. Shout out to them, man. You know, I, I worked, I did a little reaching out to get some people on to this to speak with us, but didn't work. But it's like I said, hopefully, maybe for the 20th anniversary, we could do something bigger. And, uh, you know, like I said, just shout out to those brothers, man, who made that record, everyone who was involved in that. And, uh, you know, definitely uh, it's music that we'll always value. And, uh, you know, just uh, keep on doing it, man. Keep on doing it, and, and we'll support. And um, hope you support us going forward. Uh, we're going to wrap up episode five in the building. Uh, Rook, hopefully he's okay somewhere. We'll check up on him soon enough when we get off. But, uh, you know, we'll we'll be back next week, man. And, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I, there's, a, there's a couple other people I could I could talk to as well about that. Dave, but Dave just sent me a little message, but yeah, we'll like I said, we'll work on that. We'll we'll work on getting some some guests in the future for this show and for others. But uh, yeah, we just in the meantime, we just gonna keep doing our thing, man. And uh, you know, in the building, man, me, Dave, and Rook every week, every Tuesday night, we uh, look, to, we come on and we talk. And uh, you know, we'll get back next week with y'all, man. And uh, we are radio.com, more content every day, uh, exclusive writing and stuff on the site, and warm anchor podcast. Got a lot of new stuff coming up every day. So, uh, you know, if you're interested in sports, you're interested in culture, you know, whatever, man, we got you, man. Just uh, if you if we if we aren't doing something that you are interested in, if you think we should highlight something, showcase something that. That's out there in these streets that you that you think needs to be showcased. Just uh, contact us and let me let me know. Contact me. Let me know. I'm not hard to find out here on uh, Twitter and everything. Came came in on IG. Work underscore right on Twitter. And uh, then you know I, I answer all the stuff on the Regal pages too. So search We Are Regal Radio War Media. Uh, you know you can you should be able to find all of our platforms: Facebook, IG. Twitter, all that, you know. So yeah, but uh, yeah. For now, man, we uh, we gonna we gonna send we gonna send it off here. Uh, Dave, got anything else you want to say, man? Nope. So it's fun as always. See you next week. Yeah, for sure, man. All right, that's Dave, man. This is Kyle. We signing off, man. We'll holler at y'all next week. All right, peace. Ain't no need in getting teary-eyed Tays the illest point blank period Plus I got niggas in D.C. That'll hit you for three G's And a box of yums carry out Outlook looking scary now They was frontin' before But now they seein' that we serious This ain't a peace talk So motherfuckers say you sweet talk For reservations at the Marriott They say birds of a feather Often flock together But me and Big Pooh rock together And if not forever I'ma reach to the sky and keep flying high like we got propellers God damn, y'all boys doing it, they stop to tell us And if God propel us to the top, I won't go pop No need to act a fool in public, cause when you ego trip You just lose your luggage and well, 
I ain't got no time to play with ya I find take international stage dripper done Made friends and made figures while you stuck on the front porch Mad like you fixin' the shade, mister That's reality, so color me purple My name ain't history, nigga, that's all I work for Better keep it moving like the laws of inertia For these Carolina boys come hurt you Better tell them about it They can't stop me, no, they can't stop me They keep playing, keep saying I'm cocky They keep trying but too tired to top me Their best bet is to fall back and watch me They can't stop me, dawg, they can't stop me They keep playing, keep saying I'm cocky They keep trying but too tired to top me Their best bet is to fall back and watch me And now the minstrel show is proud to present Jazzy Jazz. I'm fine, I'm fine.